Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tim Gaither Podcast, Wrestling Wednesday. My guest today is Chad Zapital. He's a three-time runner-up from the University of Iowa. He wrestled under Dan Gable, a super badass dude. He wrestled uh, Eric Aiken a lot, who you guys know I was uh, on a kid's team with and idolized as a kid, so I'm really looking forward to talking to him. And let's bring him in. How you doing, man? Good, how are you? Good, good to see you. You're in you're in Alabama right now? I am, I am. I moved here about a year and a half ago. Okay. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Are you a uh, contractor? Yes. Okay. I figured when you say yeah. you were at job sites, that's what you were doing. Yeah, yep. Yeah, um, kind of uh, what I did growing up. That's what my father did back in Iowa. Okay, cool. Uh, is he the one that got you into wrestling, your dad? Well, I mean, my dad was definitely my full family was very supportive, and uh, um, you know, there was into it wasn't so much who really got me into it. He hadn't wrestled before or anything like that. Um, the person that probably really got me into wrestling the most really probably was my junior high wrestling coach. Oh, really? And uh, um, you know, I did a little bit of wrestling before that, but not much till junior high, and he's the one that kind of got me into it probably the most. And then I kind of realized that was kind of the sport for me. I actually played basketball, like in just like little youth things, basketball and wrestling. And I would kind of say, I don't know if he realized how short I was going to be or uh, <laughs> if he saw my potential in wrestling, but one of the two got me into wrestling more. Yeah. So your freshman year of high school was the first year you were serious about it? Uh, probably in junior high was really when I kind of got, you know, a little more into it in seventh grade. Um, and then, uh, you know, it wasn't until then that I kind of concentrated on just wrestling because, like I said, in like little kids' youth stuff, I did basketball, and then I would do like a little city wrestling tournament. But it wasn't until then that I really did anything outside of Centerville, Iowa. So in seventh grade was when, you know, like I said, I kind of got into it a little bit more. I really started liking the sport. My uh, my junior high wrestling coach's name was Stan Matty, and uh, he was also a high school football coach. He's the one that kind of got me into it, and then I just kind of snowballed from there, you know, throughout your high in high school. Yeah. How did you do in high school? Um, I was a two-time state champion in Iowa and a three-time finalist. Okay. And uh, kind of a, a unique story is that every single person that I wrestled in the finals in high school was my teammate in college. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 remember, I remember reading somewhere or hearing you talk about it. Did you wrestle ta- Terry Brands in one of your – State finals? I wrestled, I wrestled uh, when I was a sophomore, I wrestled Tom Brands. When I was a junior, I wrestled Terry Brands. And when I was a senior, I wrestled Kent Stryker. Okay. All, so all three were, you know, we all became teammates at Iowa. And did you win it your junior and senior year? Yes. Yes. So the state finals you lost was to Tom? Yes. As yeah. a sophomore, he beat me, and then I beat Terry as a junior. And then, uh, you know, then I said, Kent Stryker um was a three-timer i wrestled him he was actually a junior so he was going you know he was going for his third as a junior when i wrestled him in the finals and then he ended up winning it again the next year so he ended up being a three-time state champ so he went to iowa his older brother doug striker was already wrestling at iowa yeah um so that was kind of like you know a family affair there and uh, all of us you know were teammates then of course at iowa so did uh, Tom and Terry, like, when you wrestled t- uh, Terry your junior year, was it similar to wrestling Tom, or did they have different styles? Well, I think that they're similar. You know, I, I think you definitely kind of say their style was similar. I don't think you'd say that they're the same. And, uh, you know, I mean, being a year apart, it's you know it's kind of hard to kind of go into the, the really find those details and remembering the matches. But, but they yeah. definitely have kind of a similar style. I mean, they definitely have a... Uh, you know, you could just know from them wrestling at Iowa, wrestling internationally, they definitely have a, just a nonstop action, uh, in-your-face kind of style of wrestling. And uh, But, um, you know, I'd say that uh, uh, probably a little bit of it was, you know, me being able to grow a little bit and and, uh, and, and throughout that year. And obviously, you know, for me, probably, you know, uh, kind of concentrating on wrestling them throughout the year kind of helped me prepare for Terry a little bit more as well. Yeah. I think as a freshman, I, I, I qualified for the state tournament as a freshman and didn't place. Um, and so, uh, you know, coming in as a sophomore, probably uh, surprised, uh, you know, a lot of people making it to the state finals, I guess, for one. Yeah. What weight were you in high school? Uh, I started out at 105 as a uh, freshman 
Went to 112, and then my two final seasons, I was at 119. Okay. So did you ever consider any other schools besides Iowa, or was it always going to be Iowa for you? You know, uh, when you when you were a senior in high school, you actually get uh, five visits to go recruit, to, to go to schools. Okay. And I had those set up, although I think that, you know, I think in the back of my mind, I really wanted to wrestle for Gable, and, uh, you know, growing up in Iowa, it's, it's such a household name. Um, I visited Wisconsin. I visited uh, Iowa State. I visited Oklahoma State, and then my final visit was actually supposed to be at UNI. That was actually after the signing date. Yeah. Once the signing date happened, I, I signed with Iowa, and I didn't even go to my final visit. I canceled it. So. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's uh, I, I think I suppose it depends a little bit on where you're from in the state of Iowa because there is probably a lot of people that grew up Cyclone fans. Where I grew up, everybody's a Hawkeye fan. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Um, how was your freshman year? Was it, was it intimidating going to Iowa as a freshman? You know, it, it was such an incredible room. I mean, I think, you know, obviously, you know, you feel like you're pretty tough coming after, you know, winning a couple of state titles and I'd, I'd done a fair amount of traveling and, and wrestling at that time. Uh, but you come into the room and, you know, they're just, they're state champs from all over the country. And on top of that, the amount of people that were there that were on their coaching staff that were, you know, had already, you know, been Olympic champions, world champions. Um, you know, there, there were times coming in there, you felt like you were starting all over. It's, uh, yeah. you know, you literally came in with guys that were just so skilled and so good that if you got a takedown at the end of a long practice, you felt, felt like you really had accomplished something. And that's really, truly kind of how it was for a lot of people. And so it definitely, but, but you, you know, you progress fast and you kind of had to, it was a much more physical style. I think that's one of the things that some people have a little bit of a hard time uh, making the adjustment. Cause I just think that, um, for lack of a better reason, you know, for a lot of people, you know, you're still kind of growing throughout high school and you really become a lot of people are, you're growing out wrestling with full grown men. And I think that, uh, you know, the physicality of it is, is, is quite a bit different from high school to college. Um, especially just because of all the guys that you're not training with that have the international experience. Uh, so it, it was definitely a change. I'll tell you that. I don't know if I want to say it was intimidating is the right word, but it was an eye-opening experience because you, like I said, I think when you first get there, you kind of feel like you're starting all over from scratch again. Yeah. Did you rest? Techniques I think maybe you got by with in the past. You had to learn them. You know, you had to fine tune them a lot. You couldn't get by with anything that was sloppy. You couldn't get by with stuff that, and in high school, um, not to say that, you know, you don't wrestle some incredibly skilled people, but week in and week out, you don't have those, those that top-notch competition all the time. So maybe you kind of get by with some stuff that you just can't do anymore in college. Yeah. And uh, so I think that that's probably a little bit a part of the change as well. Did, did you wrestle right away or did you redshirt? I redshirted a year. Okay. And, and most people were kind of doing that at that time. Um when I was there, in the way the first person that I saw come in and wrestle straight out of uh, high school was actually Lincoln McElravey, and he had redshirted the first part of the season, and just due to some things in the lineup, uh, he ended up kind of pulling out and, uh, and you know making the national finals and having an incredible season. Uh, yeah. But that wasn't something that I did, or, or actually most of the guys did when I in my year, my couple years before that. So yeah, how, how did your freshman year go? First year of competition. Um, you know, we, we still wrestled in open tournaments and, uh, you know, still did, uh, you know, well in, in a lot of those things, uh, you know, so it was, it was definitely a good year. We learned, I learned a lot. I uh, got to wrestle a lot of, uh, not just, uh, some open tournaments throughout the, uh, the college season, but also concentrated on some freestyle that year and won some freestyle tournaments. Actually got to go outside the country and do a little bit of wrestling that year. So I think, you know, wrestling wise, uh, it was definitely a year to grow a lot, learn a lot, and you know, just kind of start honing your skills uh, before uh, you know you, you really kind of are technically in the, able to get in the lineup. So. Right. And your freshman year, though, when you your your first year in the lineup, um, did you wrestle at the national tournament your freshman year? I actually did not. I was off and on in in the lineup. I was uh, myself and Steve Martin were at the one eighteen pound class that okay. year. Uh, Terry had moved up and was wrestling one twenty six. Tom Brands was wrestling 134, uh, and Steve Martin and I had gone back and forth throughout the season, 
Uh, part of the time I was in the lineup, part of the time he was in the lineup, we had traded some uh, losses back and forth with each other throughout the year. Uh, the final wrestle-off before the Big Ten tournament, I ended up uh, losing that wrestle-off, and he got to go and wrestle in Big Tens and Nationals. Okay. Kind of like Gil. That was kind of a tough. That was a setback, I guess, for me. You know, obviously, I, I really wanted to be there that year, and so it was really my sophomore year at 118 pounds when I was in the lineup full-time. Um and yeah. then uh, made the national finals that year, uh, but uh, but did not get to wrestle in Big Tens or Nationals as a freshman. Yeah, so that was kind of like when uh, Thomas Gilman and Clark were uh, battling back in back in the day for what was it, one twenty five? Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's sometimes some of the. I mean, that's one thing that at Iowa, especially I think when I was there anyway. You know, I, I don't know if you've uh, seen the poster, but one of the years when uh, we were uh, coming back and getting ready to excuse me, to start the season, uh, we had 11 returning All-Americans with 10 weight classes. Wow. Um, and so there were many times when, you know, just, there was just two or three tough guys at weight classes, and, and I watched uh, on a few occasions guys transfer out and become All-Americans at other schools because they couldn't break up into, break into the lineup at Iowa. And like I said, me and Steve Martin you know, went back and forth a lot that year, uh, had some very close matches. If I remember right, I believe it was a one-point match that I got beat in the final wrestle-off, and uh, then he got one at uh, Big Tens. But, again, you know, it's a, it's a learning experience. I mean, that's uh, something I think wrestling teaches you better than any other sport that I've ever been involved in is some of that stuff. And, and uh, sometimes you learn more – well, generally, I think you learn a lot more from the losses than you do from the, from the wins. And I also learned a lot of wrestling from Steve Martin. He's – he was, a, he was a great wrestler. He was probably an even better coach. He's still coaching now. And, uh, um, you know, I learned a lot from him as a wrestler as well. So, um, you know, you, you, that's what you do in wrestling. You know, you pick yourself up and uh, dust yourself off and get back in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of coaches, uh, how would you describe people to Dan Gable? What's he like? Uh, you know, I tell you, he's, uh, he's incredibly intense. But he's also just incredibly a, a thoughtful person, you know. I mean, I, I truly feel, feel like we were a family. Yeah. Uh, to this day, I still keep in touch with him. I still talk to him on a regular basis. You know, I mean, he's been uh, not only a, a great coach, but he's a, a real mentor uh, on and off the mat. And, yeah. Um, you know, I, our team did a lot of stuff together uh, when I was there at Iowa on and off the mat. I still keep in contact with a lot of the guys. And uh, that's something I think wrestling kind of truly makes as a family. Yeah, and uh, like all the kids I grew up wrestling with from back from when we were you know younger, junior high, high school. I keep in touch with a lot of them, and one thing I think is kind of cool and unique about wrestling is is it teaches you a lot of the same lessons regardless of the uh, accomplishments that you kind of ultimately achieve. You know, people that uh, that I still keep in touch with them, but just some of them were good varsity wrestlers. Some of them placed at state. Some of them were state champs. Some of some of them. Wrestle junior varsity. But wrestling teaches you the same lessons, and yeah. uh, it's pretty neat in that manner. And I, I think that that's one of the reasons why it's such a big family. You run into people with cauliflower ear all over the country to this day <laughs> when we stop and talk to each other. Yeah, my wife wasn't from a wrestling area, wasn't from a wrestling family, and uh, we were in Cancun, and we ran across people that, that you know knew Iowa wrestling. We sat and talked forever, and and uh, when we walked away, they knew everything about Iowa wrestling, and they literally named their first child Lincoln after Lincoln McElroy, one of my teammates. Yeah. And after we walked away from that, my wife was like, I don't understand this wrestling, but it's, it's really a <laughs> big family everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That my favorite people in the world are still guys that were on my high school team, you know, and uh, I would love to get together with all of them sometime just because it bonds you in a way that people don't understand, you know, the, the crap that you have to go through and cutting weight and all that, especially cutting weight. Um, yeah. I'm gonna, I was going to ask you about that in a little bit, but uh, what was it about Gable in your eyes that made him such a good coach? What, what do you think brought out – how did he bring out the best in everyone? It seems like that's, that was his – you know, I don't know. It's funny because I think doing wrestling camps and speaking engagements and stuff all over the years, I think everybody thought that there was something magic that he did. And, and uh, I don't know that I can say that there's any one thing except for that he truly cared. Uh, he was absolutely passionate about the sport. He still is. Um, 
you know, not just necessarily about him winning, but just about the sport in general. You know, I mean, it just means so much to him. Yeah. And uh, and he just and he just cared about you. And I think that uh, because he got to know you so well, and because you were so involved in in, in your life and, and, and trying to help you succeed, that he that he kind of knew people so well that he knew how to make each kid, you know, to re- reach his potential or or get the most out of them. You know, I yeah. think that's an important thing because. Not every kid on the team was the same. I've seen coaches that can bring in a certain type of an individual and make them great. But I think what Gable did is he took, no matter what style of wrestling you had, no matter what your background was, no matter what kind of, you know, he figured out what kind of made you better and what made you click and what made, you know, what made you help motivate you and uh, got a lot out of just any kind of an athlete and any kind of person. And a lot of that is, I think, him taking the time to, to just get to know about you and how you work, and and uh, and he was really good at that. And I think that because he truly, you know, cared about you. Like I said I know a lot of a lot of athletes that still to this day keep in contact with him, you know, on a regular basis. And and, and because of him, you know, do what they can for the sport of wrestling because they see how tireless he is and still does things for the sport of wrestling. And and I know it makes me want to continue to get back to the sport and and do things for it. And even though I'm removed from it now, I don't, um, when I, when I first got out of college for many years and when I lived in California, I did do a lot with the sport. I did do a lot of training with high schools and club teams and, uh, help guys who are training MMA work on their wrestling side of things. Um, honestly, my body doesn't, isn't, hasn't held up really well on a lot of that front for me to continue to do that stuff. But I still try to do what I can to follow wrestling, get back to the sport of wrestling and, and do what I can to, to just promote the sport and how, you know, what I think it's done for not just me, but for many people that I know. Yeah. I saw that you lived in California, and I live in Lomita now, which is basically right down the street from where you used to live. Yeah, I, I lived in California for a little over 20 years. Okay. And uh, uh, my, the last many years, I lived in Long Beach. So, okay. obviously, we weren't too far away. And uh, and when I was back, when I was kind of doing more, I was more involved in the sport, I actually was living up in the South Bay and I kind of did a lot more with schools around Torrance, uh, okay. Redondo Beach, kind of some of the areas in the South Bay. And, uh, you know, California overall has some great wrestling. It's just, there's so much else going on in California. Yeah. You got to kind of find those pockets. And so, uh, uh, it didn't probably hear or see as much about it as you would in a lot of the areas in the Midwest where it's kind of, has such a foothold for a long time, you know, it's, uh, yeah. you know, growing up in Iowa, uh, wrestling was, it was a big sport. It was, it was, you would see it on the news. It was, you know, it was followed. It was, it was, you probably just heard a lot more about it. Not quite so much in California, but there's so many kids that just, uh, the, the, the talent is, there's a talent pool out there that, you know, just some incredible wrestling. You had to look a little harder and search it out to find it a little bit more. So, yeah. Did, uh, I, I had Barry Davis on, and he was telling me some great stories about about how nobody could beat Gable, um, like Randy Lewis and even Ed Bannock and those huge guys. Did he ever wrestle anybody when you were? Uh, did he still wrestle guys? Oh yeah, he was still wrestling people when I was there. And in fact, uh, you know, it, was, it, was, it, it took him a while to get warmed up and loosened up. And uh, when I first came into Iowa, uh, I had a bit of a hard time getting away on the bottom just because you were wrestling guys that were better caliber a lot of times in high school I, I concentrated more on my feet um i could usually kind of get probably get away from most of those people i didn't have a lot of the guys that could ride legs real well um so i had to spend a lot of extra time uh doing some just learning how to get away from the bottom how to regard legs that, that sort of thing and so i spent a lot of extra time and sometimes even after practice with gable and uh, i always joke around and say well, it's probably not really even joking around but you know he'd get on top of me and that you know, would say, no, you get away, you know, we're, we're not leaving. And uh, in all reality, he could probably be riding me to this day if he wanted to be, because he was impossible to get away from. Him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've heard that before, that his he was just, I, I talked to a doctor one time that wrestled him, and he was like, his hands were just like made of steel. He was just so freaking strong. So heavy. I mean, he just felt, he felt like he weighed three times as much as he did on you. He was just, it was relentless pressure. He was just so good at never letting that up, you know. So, I mean, you just really felt, I mean, for all practical purposes, almost helpless, you know. I mean, I think the times that, you know, he would make you work and make you work and make you work. And, 
and I, you know, would get away. I know only because, uh, you know, he was kind of, maybe I hit something good enough that he felt like deserved to be. Cause like I said, I think he'd still be on me to this day. If he <laughs> but, and I watched him do that to guys, you know, twice, twice his size in the room, even at that time when yeah. I was there. Huh. So, uh, you know, he, he definitely was, uh, incredible. Um, and, and just kind of had just, I, I think just, I'm not sure how to even put the, the how he kept so much pressure on you, but just, just knowing how, just the, his knowledge of how to where to constantly keep the pressure, so you just never felt like you could build a base or or, uh, or get enough movement going to, to to kind of get away, you know. And, yeah. And uh, but that's kind of how you learn. That's what makes you kind of learn stuff. And you know, just just like I could do when I wrestle with kids who were inexperienced, and you're, you're kind of teaching little kids, which I did a lot, had a lot of wrestling camps throughout my time uh, at Iowa and and, and past that, and. Uh, you know, the same thing that you would kind of do to kids that were, you know, under your level, which is basically what we were to him. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I love hearing those stories about guys that were total badasses, but they couldn't do anything to Gable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, you know, it's uh, he, uh, he he just still was honing his craft at that time. He still was working on things, and it's like anything, the day you think you know it all and you quit asking questions and you quit learning is, you know, is the, the day you should quit doing it and, and he was that same way. He was always still learning things and, you know, watching videos, watching tape of other wrestlers, watching tape of, you know, wrestlers from around the world and, and dissecting what they were doing. And I think that, uh, like I said, he was an incredible student of the sport and teacher, but uh, always, always just learning and just cared so much about the sport. So Cool. Who, who would you say your toughest uh, opponent was in college? Well, um, I mean, obviously I did uh, fare very well against Jeff Prescott in the finals. Um, I think I had a bit of a, uh, I don't know, I don't think I ever went out really and kind of wrestled against him very well. I don't know if I had a mental block or what kind of it was. I never really felt like I opened up and really, really ever wrestled him very well. Uh, I had a lot of back and forth with Eric Dakin, um, Lou Roselli, um, you know, I think that uh, some, a lot of those guys got, had some really tough matches with. I'd hard to say maybe who my toughest, you know, matches ever were against. Uh, in some international competition, I got a chance to wrestle some guys from around the world. Some, some very tough competition, and uh, uh, you know, some of those I kind of felt like maybe I was actually, uh, you know, their technique was ahead of mine at the time when I got to wrestle them. So you know, obviously getting a chance to maybe do some of those later would have been nice, but. Um, uh, you know, it's just uh, Sammy Henson, of course, was uh, another one that I, I, I went back and forth a little bit. And uh, um, I, I beat him one year, and then he beat me in the finals. You know, all those matches are just uh, any time you lose are the ones that you remember. So, uh, obviously, you know, if you ever get a chance to kind of do some of those again, you would like to be able to do it. Uh, for me, I had battled with injuries my last couple of years, and not that that's not – saying that's why the reason I lost any matches, but when I got done with college, I, I just battled them long enough that I kind of went in to help do some coaching and I did some stayed around and helped out in the room a little bit. But my competition days were just kind of over from just kind of, uh, you know, having to deal with the injuries and constantly battling that sort of thing. So, um, I think that, uh, you know, having a chance to maybe wrestle any of those guys after that time, uh, which a lot of those guys went on and had Ted, great careers wrestling internationally yeah um but like i said i just battled some injuries for so long that i just felt like my was my career was kind of done at that point in time when i got done with college eric aiken was on my kids team and you know i grew up in kansas and we had some good wrestlers but not a lot of them did well on the division one level or even went to division one because there's no division one schools in kansas or anything so i kind of idolized him growing up um what was he like to wrestle i watched your guys as uh all-star match and that was a freaking great match that you won in the last uh you won in overtime yeah i think i think i actually scored a point at the end to go put it in overtime eric and i were had gone back and forth and, and uh had many back and forth matches and had some close matches and uh he's a fierce competitor and actually ended up coming to iowa after college and training there for a while as well and uh actually he, he was one of the guys that we kind of ended up becoming pretty uh pretty close friends over our rivalry and just, you know, back and forth competition and, and, uh, was always, uh, always tough in matches. Always, uh, like I said, he was just always a competitor 
And uh, I think that we had a little bit of an admiration for each other, maybe partly too because of being at Iowa and Iowa State, interstate rivalries, there's always kind of a big rivalry there. And we really weren't that far away from each other. You know, there's some people that you maybe would rarely see um, throughout the season or maybe you'd only see them at the national tournament, whereas him and I would kind of not only see each other at duels throughout the year at, at some different competitions, but, you know, we weren't, we weren't that far down the road from each other. So um, I, I think that's probably, you know, maybe what even helped, you know, bring him down to, to Iowa was just kind of having that back and forth and that uh, rivalry between Iowa and Iowa State. And then, of course, you know, I, I was uh, not competing at that time, but as he had the Brands brothers to kind of keep training with and competing with on the international level. So, yeah. Yeah, you really, your weight class was like a golden age, man. I mean, Lou Rizzelli and Aiken and Henson and Jeff Prescott and you, and there's probably some other guys that I'm not naming, but holy shit. There, there definitely was, <laughs> I definitely feel like there was a, a tough time uh, at the lower weights there, and uh, and I, it was really kind of the same way as you as you go up the, the next couple of weights above that. It wasn't like somebody you could, uh, hey, let me, I'm just going to go up a weight and try to get away from the competition <laughs> because it didn't get any easier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, fact, in fact, a lot of people were at that weight to get away probably from some of the next couple weights above it. Yeah. Some, you know, there was a fair amount of weight cutting at that time, and things were done slightly differently than they are now. Um, and so, there, I mean, and I was one of them. I mean, we, we were some big guys in the off season. I mean, you know, most of us were cutting 20-some pounds to get down to that weight. So. Yeah. Was that a hell of a pull for you, 118? It wasn't easy. Uh, I mean, you know, it. Uh, I would start in the fall and, and slowly work my way down. And, uh, you know, because I would weigh 140, 142 pounds usually in the off season. And, and I might have been carrying a little extra weight at that time. But uh, to get down to 118 was definitely not easy. Yeah. And probably like most 118 pounders at that time, when I stepped on the mat, I was easily 10 pounds above that most times. So, yeah. What do you remember? You made the finals three times. Uh, what do you remember about your finals matches? <laughs> uh, uh, in a word, disappointment. But, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I kind of feel like that, uh, you know, I probably didn't open up and really wrestle the, the, up to my abilities in, in the finals matches. Uh, whether I just kind of put pressure on myself and didn't kind of go out and wrestle the way that I feel like I could have. And, you know, it's, uh, I'm not taking away from anything that anybody that I wrestle in the finals, because it may have been a whole, may not have changed the final score or the final outcome, but I think it would have changed the score. Yeah. Um, you know, my last, uh, couple of finals matches were very low scoring. It wasn't as much offense as I think that there should have been. And, uh, just getting out there and opening up and wrestling is, uh, is, is what you should do as, as a wrestler. And, uh, and that's, I don't think I really gave myself that opportunity very much in my, Last couple finals matches, maybe just by, by put a little too much pressure on myself or whatever you might call it. But, uh, you know, so I wish I would have went out and done that more than anything. Because uh, the one thing that I think that the fans deserve is a good match. You know, you mentioned my match with Aiken and just it was a good match to watch. It was back and forth. It was points scored. You know, that, that makes a good wrestling match. I mean, only uh, however your finals match comes out, it, it, it's a lot better to to lose 10 to nine than it is to lose two to one, you know, in my opinion, just partially because it gives the fans something to, you know, to watch a little bit better. And, and that's what we need in the sport. We need fans. We need people sitting in the stands. We need people that are excited about watching wrestling. Um, I see the way things are promoted a little bit better now, you know, obviously with the, the internet and, and with the, the, the programs that you can do and you can keep up to date with things so well and watch matches online. It's a, uh, it's kind of exciting to see some of the stuff that's going on in the sport now, and and nothing will help further that more than exciting wrestling matches. Yeah, was there was there any of your finals matches that were harder to take than the others, or were they all pretty equally like? Well, I think my senior year was the hardest to take because one is I realized that you know you realize at that point you don't have a chance to do it over again. Um, I wrestled with Henson two times in college. We split. I won the one that wasn't in the finals. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, that's never easy to take. But ultimately, I, I put that all down just to me. And, you know, you just got to go out and wrestle and, and uh, get it done when the timing is right and when the timing's there. 
I think that's one thing that Gable does incredibly well. I mean, there's is getting people to, to wrestle right at the right time. And for me, I just guess it, I, I put it on myself that I just didn't get out there and get it done when that timing was right. But, uh, Hey, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the sport, you know, like I said, you learn, you learn probably more from your losses than you do from your wins. And, and I think it helped define me and just realizing, you, you know, regardless of what, what happens, you, you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off and you move forward, you know, and you learn from it. And, and uh, I think that's that's a you know a great thing about wrestling is that it, it's definitely going to teach you to do that and, and it, it teaches you to be a tough person it teaches you to have discipline and to, to reach you know to, to set goals and work towards them and it also teaches you that if you don't reach them you set another one and you keep going yeah yeah and and making the division one NCAA finals three times is uh, one hell of an accomplishment did, did, did can you look back on it now and realize what a hell of an accomplishment it was or does it still bother you? Well, I think I can definitely look back on it now much better than I could then and realize what an accomplishment it was. Yeah. Does it still bother you? Of course. I mean, I think that you still, you still, uh, you know, uh, you know, look back on it and wish things could kind of come, had maybe come out differently in some ways. But at the same time, you know, maybe it was better for me as a person to, to, to not have that. You know, maybe things would have been different for me had you had you won that. And uh, so, you know, I was like, I don't regret, you know, anything that kind of happened in any way that way. Um, but, uh, you know, as a competitor, as a, uh, you know, as somebody that's, you know, has that desire to win, which is what kind of got you there. Yeah. You, know, you never like your losses, of course. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's funny when people ask me about matches and I had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of matches. And, uh, in fact, they even ask me about people that I wrestled. I many times don't remember hardly any of them, you know, as far as just all the wrestling, because you have so many matches over the time. And I, mean, I had hundreds in high school and hundreds in college, and that doesn't even count all the freestyle matches that you have. And people will say, oh, well, you wrestled this guy in this tournament. I mean, you only remember a handful of the ones, and those are usually the ones that stung the most. Yeah, yeah, I bet. <laughs> what, uh, what were the brands like to have for teammates? Um, I... I think they were a, a huge asset to have as teammates at Iowa just because their intensity was so tough and they were just, I mean, I think that they were leaders on our team at Iowa. Um, I mean, they, they really were, especially as time went on at Iowa, but e- even before they probably realized how much they were, they were leaders at Iowa just because of their incredible intensity. Um, they were so driven and, and so competitive with each other, that alone made them, you know, extremely intense. And, uh, and you know, their their competitiveness with each other, their uh, intensity with each other, and then with everybody else, I really think that helped elevate our team, you know, beyond having an incredible coaching staff, but to have a couple teammates that did that. Um, we also had, you know, a number of other teammates that, that you were kind of, you know, you just kind of went there and you just saw what drive people had and, and uh, it kind of helped helped elevate everybody else as well you know i mean yeah um so many times you you might have thought you were intense and thought you had that at your high school level and you went there and took it to a whole nother level and and to kind of see that i really kind of think it helped help us not only at at the lower weights but throughout our whole team and and, you know everybody kind of became competitive with each other and and uh you know there was some incredibly intense and, and competitive workouts at iowa that uh and many times might leave the, 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 the wrestling mat, end up off the mat and into the stands or over exercise <laughs> bikes or whatever. But you just knew that everybody was trying to make everybody else just as tough as they possibly could be. So. Yeah. Did they get into some pretty good fights ever? Well, they got into probably everybody got into some within, in the wrestling room at Iowa with each other, some, but they were probably the most fierce with each other. And, that could happen over a Monopoly game. It didn't happen to happen in the wrestling room. It could, it could happen over, you know, what, what they might have wanted to watch on television or whatever. And uh, we had a pretty unique situation. Uh, when a lot of us moved out of the dorms, a bunch of us moved into a apartment building that was literally right next door to Carver Hawkeye Arena. So all of us could just literally walk across the street and work out, which, you know, especially those of us that had to cut a lot of weight, we not only had a lot of workouts for the team, but we might even have to be over there some extra to keep our weight down. Uh, so in our, this apartment building was 
literally probably three quarters of the wrestling team, and maybe not more than that. So we all lived in the same apartment building, you know. So we saw each other not just in practice, but outside of practice. And, you know, we heard each other down the hall. So it was kind of like being in a dorm, but with a, you know, just with an apartment building that was next door. And it was probably a pretty neat, unique situation as well. And we had a few other regular students that probably got to know us wrestlers as well as half the team. In fact, there's a few of the people that lived in that building that weren't wrestlers that I also still keep in touch with to this day Yeah, because they stay so close to the wrestlers and the wrestling team. They still go to the meets. They still go to the nationals. And uh, they probably got to see some things that they could probably tell better stories than some of the wrestlers could. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I heard that the brands uh, didn't take losing all that well. Do you have any stories about that? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like I said, I think some of that even could happen from from anything. I mean, we, you know, that some of that stuff could happen over a board game. Some of that stuff could happen over, um, you know, we used to just screw around and play, play rock paper scissors, and we'd have rock paper scissors tournaments. You know, sometimes when we kind of had a little bit of downtime. And, I mean, that might end up in a wrestling match, actually, because of just, you know, how that happened. It's just that's just kind of the way it was. There was, uh, there was a lot of competitive people. And, and with the with the Brands brothers, I mean, I, I'd see them do that. I mean, I, I remember at one time, I think that they ended up uh, getting into a wrestling match with a heavyweight, John Ostendorf at the time, and, and over, you know, some stuff like that. It, just, <laughs> it didn't matter. It didn't matter what size. It didn't matter with anything. And uh, just, just very competitive people. And, uh, you know, like I said, it, it was – it was definitely, uh, I think it just truly helped our team uh, take us to kind of a, you know, an even higher level just to, to kind of have that around you. And just it kind of taught you to be competitive all the time and never never let your guard down, always kind of just be working towards, uh, you know, making our team you know, the best it could be. And, and I think it really helped. You know? yeah. I think that's what probably made us, uh, you know, be national champs uh, all those those years that, I mean, being part of the three national championships teams is, to me, is is, is quite is quite an honor, and I think yeah. that's you know this that, that that's one of the things that I'll always look back on and you know kind of have as an honor. So, yeah, um, I heard that you had a, a tattoo that upset Gable. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so a number of us had gotten tattoos when I was wrestling there at Iowa. Yeah, and uh, the first one I got was on my leg, and it was uh, had the, the letter I for I one had a wrestling hawk on it, and then I got a and actually a flying hawk done across my, my chest, which is just kind of a small one that was put on my chest. And uh, I don't know after uh, after I kind of got a, a not one in the finals, I had it changed and I have it as a big hawk, and it's the picture of it is tearing my heart out of my chest. And I, I guess Gable maybe took that to heart, maybe even more than I did, because it always kind of bothered him that the symbolism of it. But uh, I don't look at the back as any as in a bad way, or that you know that I have any negative feelings of Iowa or or my team or my anybody else. You know, I mean, I truly love it. That's my family. That's uh, it's in my blood. I mean, I bleed black and gold to this day. I mean, it it doesn't have anything. It's not that part of it. But uh, but my tattoo now is is uh, there's a large hawk and it's pulling the heart out of my chest. Yeah. And uh, you know it's like I said it's uh, I think it's more of a tribute than it is uh, than a negative thing. And uh, you know there's, there's no doubt that it probably it makes you feel like that a little bit at that time. But uh, like I said, it's not so much that it's in a negative way. You know it's uh, yeah. It's I'm, I'm a Hawkeye through and through. <laughs> yeah, I heard that you guys still to this day have a pretty special relationship, you and him, Gable. Well, we definitely stay in touch, and uh, like I said, he's definitely been a, um, you know, my, my obviously, you know, I was, I'm very close to my father into this day, and I'd say my, he's my biggest mentor uh, of my life, but but Gable has actually had a huge impact on me as well, and, uh, you know, like I said, I, I still uh, still keep in touch with him, and, uh, you know, we definitely uh, always kind of had a real close bond, so. Yeah. I should have uh, messaged you this so you could have some time to think about it. But do you have a, a Gable story that's like your favorite? Do you have a favorite Gable story? Oh man, um, gosh, I, I, I probably uh, should have been able to uh, kind of think of some of those. But I mean, you know, just I think some of the things that um, that Gable was was really good at. And I'll tell you, this is when you kind of said was intimidating coming in as a freshman. 
one of the things that I think was tough is going into practice as a freshman, you're always kind of trying to figure out what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? You know, and I remember me and my, my roommate was our heavyweight, John Ostendorf. And especially that year, you know, you'd be like, you'd literally kind of get, uh, you know, butterflies in your stomach like you would before a wrestling match because you'd be trying to, you know, you'd be kind of getting psyched up for it and, uh, and trying to get ready. Like, well, what do you think that we're going to do? What are you going to do here? And you kind of learned real quick that you're going to wear yourself out kind of doing that. You know, you just figured, hey, you prepare for the worst, and then no matter what happened, you're ready for it kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, I remember when at one point we, uh, you know, when you kind of start doing that, you just kind of worried about You wouldn't worry yourself out just trying to worry about the, the pre part of it. You just kind of be prepared for practice. And and uh, I think that's one thing that I, I see now. I see sometimes people in everyday life, you know, they just they worry themselves sick over, like, what's going to get thrown at me or what's going to happen here and what's going to happen there. And I, I think that that's helped me cope with things a lot in that manner. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you're going you're gonna to deal with it no matter what. But a good example of that is, we hadn't wrestled extremely well uh, on a road trip. And, in fact, a couple of guys on the team even got called for stalling. And that did not sit very well with Gable. <laughs> I bet. Um, you know, we were kind of always supposed to be on the offense, always supposed to be the aggressor. So, coming back, we probably knew practices were going to be pretty tough. And, in fact, it was very tough. I mean, we'd already spent a very long time in the practice room. And I don't know if I remember exactly how long, but I think we've been there for two or three hours already. And we had a really long practice. Just one of those practices where we, you know, it was, you were totally exhausted at the end of the practice. And we kind of got done wrestling and everybody just was just dripping wet, you know, and we thought we were done. And Gabe will say, everybody go get your running shoes on. Oh, shit. And uh, we were like, what the hell? We're surely not going to go. And sometimes after practice, we would go run around the top of Carver Hawkeye Arena. Around the top of Carver Hawkeye Arena is a quarter mile. And uh, so once in a while, you know, we'd get up there and we'd do kind of just, we would finish it up with a few sprints or whatever. But this particular one, after we had an extremely long and intense practice to begin with, we went to the top and we got a little bit of a talk from Gable. And he went back to the very beginning of the season through every match. And this is every person on the team. I don't remember. I assume it was probably every J, you know, not JV, but every open guy, everything. We'd had 14 stalling calls of on any person throughout that year. Wow. So we had to start that after practice run with 14 quarter mile sprints. And, uh, you know, our sprints were just like everything. They were competitive. You know, people were elbowing for position and people are trying to beat each other around the track. And so after that long practice we did 14 quarter miles sprints Jeez. and then after that i'm sure we did some other things we always did a lot of uh just like pushing drills and and uh, pummeling drills and things like that but i did to this day i remember that extremely well about his speech and about you know being the aggressor and that that he went back through and counted that we had had 14 stalling calls if you counted up every single person on the team and every match we'd had to that season to date that uh, and I, and I, I said I don't even know how he could have came up with that many to be quite honest, but I'm yeah. sure he was right or who knows maybe he had a few in there, but, <laughs> but we did 14 quarter miles that night after a long, very long practice. So. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. 14 for, between the whole team. <laughs> I think yeah, I mean I, we weren't a team that got a lot of stalling calls on us, so to be honest. So like I said, uh, who knows? He might have thrown in some even some freestyle matches or something in there. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, we we kind of. And, and, you know, he just did – that was kind of some of the stuff that he did. Uh, um, I remember one of the uh, heavier weight guys when I was there, uh, this is just kind of a neat story. Uh, you know, he had kind of got worn out. He was on the road and he kind of had a, a, a wrestling road trip where he didn't wrestle very well. So uh, he'd pick him up every single morning and just take him out on country roads and make him run beside his car. And I remember, you know, that individually he would kind of do that for him, you know, and just because he kind of felt like he needed a better win. He kind of felt like some days he had to work on him. That was part of it. And part of it just makes you mentally tougher in it. Yeah. Um, you know, it kind of makes you just know now that you've done more than the next guy. And, and I remember the, this guy telling the story about it, and we were like, oh, man, I can't believe you kind of have to do all that extra. And he said, well, he, said, he turned the radio on, too. He said, at least I could listen to music when we were out there, you know. So <laughs> it was like that was – 
that was his prize and he kind of got to listen to some music when he was running beside he would leave the window down and let the, the music come out of the window and he'd make him run beside his car on the country road every morning definitely some unique stories and definitely things that he would do maybe individually unique to you like that like with me he would make me stay after practice and make me escape from the bottom you know maybe everybody else had gone on and done different things but you know, he, he worked with you individually on things that maybe he felt you truly needed to be better so yeah yeah what a what a uh, dedicated coach I mean I've heard the stories about how that's why he had to get out of it because he was just so emotionally invested in it that it was just you know too hard on him it would be hard and I think that you know I mean you have uh I think uh you know it, it's probably the focus that hard for so long you know to, to put so much of your heart and soul into it I think it, it definitely would be tough and I think that now he also was able to kind of sit back and look at wrestling as a whole and do some good things for the sport as well. You know, I mean, I think, I think just like, you know, many people, but I, I think that he really is truly an incredible ambassador for the sport. And I think he's been able to do a lot of good in that way as well. And so I think it was probably for the sport, it's probably good to see him maybe step back from the coaching aspect and, and just do things for the sport in general. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of great ambassadors for this sport because of what a great sport it is. You know, like I said, it's yeah. really, it truly is a big family. You don't run into somebody anywhere, and if they if it's wrestling, not talk wrestling, or if you see somebody's cauliflower ear. Or, I have people to this day stop me on construction sites. Um, I had somebody stop me just the other day. I was in a Home Depot buying materials, and one of the guys uh, that worked for a distributor that was there to, to stock shelves or go over stuff with the Home Depot and saw my cauliflower ear, and we talked for 20 minutes, and he was a high school wrestler and told me about what a big impact it had on him. And when I told him about my story, you know, he was like, oh, that's incredible. And, you know, he just, he knew about Iowa wrestling. He knew about Gable. He kind of knew about, but he, was, he just wrestled in high school, but it still, it was a big impact on him. And uh, that's what's, that's what's a neat thing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I hope my boy wants to do it. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to try to introduce him to it. Do you have kids? I do not have any kids. Yeah. And I always was always torn about that a little bit. I think in the, in the big picture, I would always probably want my kid to wrestle. But whenever sometimes we were going through a whole lot of stuff in wrestling, we'd always be like, man, I'm going to teach my kid how to golf or play baseball. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you, you know, being a, being a smaller guy, have you ever like gotten into a fight with somebody that thought they were going to, I don't know, or somebody started shit with you that thought they were going <laughs> to whoop on you and then, <laughs> oh yeah on, on a few occasions that's definitely happened i mean i i've been in a handful of fights in my life maybe a good handful of fights i've never in any of them anywhere near my size actually so i guess uh yeah the wrestling is always pretty good for that you know it's uh always teaches you a lot and uh when i came to california i started getting into doing some jujitsu and and then gotten into uh doing some mma training and uh the same thing was there you know i mean i did a lot of training with very few people that were my size because there wasn't a lot in those weight classes, especially in the beginning of MMA. So almost everybody I trained with was many times bigger than me. And, and uh, many times it, it surprised the heck out of people how wrestling, you know, you could control movement and control where they were going and get them on the ground and stuff, even if they were twice your size. And uh, they, they were many times people that were pretty skilled in other disciplines, but that's why everybody started wanting to learn wrestling so well. In fact, when I, first kind of started getting into jujitsu and they found out your wrestling background many people many places open their doors to you and uh let you come train entirely for free if you just teach them some takedowns yeah yeah i went and did uh i went and did jujitsu one day and the guy the guy running the place was like because I, I i was pretty good I, mean, I was a state champion i wasn't like i didn't do great in college or anything but uh speaking of stalling calls when i was in high school i i probably got a stalling call every match <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I had a knack for getting five-point leads, and then I didn't have much of a gas tank, though. I just, I don't know, my brother did, but I just, by the third period, I was dead. So, 14 stall calls for me, I'm like, man, I probably did that. <laughs> no, and my high school coach, his name was Mike Lupnick, and uh, he actually uh, uh, wrestled in college, didn't have a storied career or anything in college, but... It, the one thing I will say is, as a high school athlete, we were always in good shape. I mean, that was one thing that he did. Uh, he always got everybody in good shape. And uh, um, growing up in southern Iowa, the team kind of 
built up a little bit kind of as I was growing up. And then when I was in high school, we uh, not only was it the first time Centerville had won a state championship as, as a team, because we won it when I was a senior, but it was the first time anybody in our area had even like won it in our class as a team. And so, uh, but we definitely won a lot of matches in the third period. And uh, it was a lot more, we won probably a lot more matches from grit than we did from technique. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember telling my high school coach on the way to the state tournament, uh, me and another guy were undefeated on my team, and I, I said to my coach, I go, if I get a five-point lead, I will not lose. And in the quarterfinals, I had to wrestle a guy ranked second, and I had a six-point lead, and he almost came back on me. It was very similar to you and Aiken's match in that, uh, you know, it was like a similar score and all that. And, and I ended up winning, but I thought I was going to freaking die. And every everybody in college was that way, you know. Like, I could still get five-point leads, but holding them wasn't the same as, as it was in high yeah. school for sure. Um, yeah. For one is, is that I think that, uh, in high school, especially you get a little bit of ahead of people. So a little easier for them to, I don't want to say break them, but it was a little easier for, you know, people to not feel like they still had to come back. Whereas in college that there was just, it was kind of up a level that, you know, that, no, they weren't going to just lay down for you just by getting ahead for a few points, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Um, do you think that the uh, college season is going to happen this year? Man, I tell you, I don't know. I mean, I, I really think as I as you see any of this stuff going on in sports, it, it's going to be so tough to, to do, especially a sport like wrestling where there's so much contact. I mean, I don't even know how they'll do football, to be quite honest. They keep talking like they're going to, but as soon as this starts happening and, you know, a couple people get uh, – test positive for coronavirus and everybody has to kind of go through that procedure and and, and it, I, it's going to be really tough this whole year is going to be i mean it, it, it's to, to see what's already happened to you know some of these kids and then with what's gone on and you know it's just it was so sad to see the springtime you know with with what happened so i'm i'm really hoping that uh you know we start figuring out something to get past this COVID 19 business yeah it's just been it's been a tough year and it's been a crazy year and and, uh, I mean, they even come down to, to some of the situations that I've seen going on this year with people that are in the hospital and fighting cancer and this, that, and they're kind of sitting there doing it on their own. You know, if you put really things in big perspective, it'd be a really bad year to kind of be having to deal with anything like that. Yeah. And, uh, um, I just hope we can get something figured out to get past this and get, uh, get back to a little more of a normalcy. Yeah. And how hard was it to be uh, such a Hawkeye fan with them being the front runners to win it this year? Was that? Yeah, I, I, it, it, it was. It, it was very tough, you know, especially just because they they really kind of were getting, getting the team put back together and really feel like they were kind of back on top. And and Penn State made a heck of a run. I mean, they've had some really good teams and still do. Yeah. But uh, I kind of feel like this is our year to beat them and. Uh, and it was sure tough to kind of see that all happen this spring. And I don't know, uh, I'm not so sure that we're going to see much happen in this fall either, to be quite honest. You know, it's just, yeah. I, I really hope that, uh, you know, something starts coming around where, whether it be a vaccine or something. And, and I don't know that a vaccine is going to make everything go back to normal. We've had a flu vaccine for, for how many years and still people are passing away from their from the flu every year. I mean, yeah. I just, it's definitely going to probably take a little while to see some things get back to normal. So yeah. Well, yeah, this was a hard, hard year. You know, I'm a I'm a wrestling fan more than anything. Like I, I I don't necessarily have a particular team, but I was definitely pulling for the Hawkeyes this year, and and I've always liked the Brands Brothers, and especially to watch and coach and all that. And they they're the guys that made me kind of scared to wrestle in college because I thought everybody was like that. I went and watched the national duels my senior year of high school and I saw him wrestling and I was like, those guys are freaking psychos. I don't want to wrestle those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They were, they were kind of a, a, a breed under themselves, but like I said, they're, they, that truly helped our whole team for sure. Just, uh, yeah. The competitiveness of them and the fire that they had. I mean, they really, uh, trained like madmen, and, uh, I think it kind of helped everybody. So, yeah. Tom Ryan was one of your teammates too, right? Was he on your yes. team? Yeah. He is a great. Yeah, he's he a great dude. From Syracuse while I was there, and uh, and uh, another great competitor, um, doing an incredible job at Ohio State. I just I can't. I just you know. In fact, I, I, I uh, you know, I, I really kind of uh, do a little bit of rooting for Ohio State these days, which I never would have done that before. That's for sure. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a great person. I went and did a. Uh, 
um, a comedy show. Me and Greg, I think, I think it was Greg Warren and I, um, we went and did a, a show for them, a, a benefit for their RTC. And he mm-hmm. was like, he was like, are you going to the Olympic trials? And I was like, I don't plan on it. And he was like, well, I'll get you a ticket. And he goes, hell, you can stay in my room if you want. And so I went to the Olympic trials. I stayed in Tom Ryan's hotel room. And, you know, speaking of how great of people wrestling the sport makes, I mean, think about that. The guy's head coach at Ohio State. He didn't have to let me stay in his freaking room, but he was just like, you know, just old, one old wrestler to another old wrestler. He's like, yeah, sure. what You can stay there. I don't care. He's, he's, he's truly that kind of a guy, you know. Uh, yeah. We used to uh, go do a... Uh, go home with him in the summer and do a wrestling camp in Long Island with him. And some of them are just incredible trips, you know, get meet him and his family. And uh, he truly just opened up and said, take the shirt off his back for you. That's who he is. And uh, I think that's why you see Ohio State doing so well is because he kind of has that same mentality. You know, I mean, he's, he's a great competitor, but he's just truly a good guy. And I think that's the kind of person that gets the most out of people. Yeah. It's funny that you say that about giving you the shirt off his back because we went to lunch at the Olympic trials and I just mentioned to him, I go, that's a sweet Ohio jack- State jacket you got on. And he, he goes, you like it? And he took it off and gave it to me right there. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, that's Tom. Yeah. Too. I mean, you know, who does that? And he was just like, there you go. Yeah. You can have it. I got, I can get another one. <laughs> um, well, I say, we, the guys that were there when I was there, I mean, we, we were really close to the whole human. We, we really spent a lot of time off the mat as well as on, and uh, I, you know, we had a pretty unique situation in Iowa. And I say it's unique because other places don't have it. But because you wrestle for Gable, you got the opportunity to do so many wrestling camps. Because I think, yeah. you know, not really, but, you know, a lot of people just thought you were coming and give them all the Gable secrets kind of thing like there was any, you know. But, I mean, but we got the opportunity to do a lot of wrestling camps. And so throughout the summer, you know, I traveled around a lot with those guys in the summer. I mean, you know, we get to go to just, just do things that you wouldn't always get to do. And whenever you do the wrestling camps, because like you said, you were going to doing it for other people in wrestling that, you know, you met some of your new best friend and take you on fish, you know, about fishing and just to sightsee and do things around their area. I mean, and we got to do that in Alaska, Hawaii, New York, you know, from, from one end of the country to the other. And uh, wrestling in Iowa kind of really kind of allowed that, you know, gave you the ability to be able to do that. I met so many great people doing that and just, uh, getting to be able to kind of travel around and see stuff, especially for, you know, somebody from a small town in Iowa, you know, that uh, uh, my hometown in Iowa has not even, you know, five, 600 people in them where I got bust into school only has a few thousand people, you know? So yeah. it was kind of neat to get to travel around and do all that stuff. So, yeah. What a, what a cool thing that you got to wrestle for Gable and spend so much time with him because I mean, think about how many people, have been impacted by him in the sport. Look at, you know, you look at all the different coaches across the country and almost all of them you can point at and, and there's some Gable influence there somewhere. You know what I mean? Like either they either wrestled for him or, you know, so many head coaches now that, that were influenced by him. I think, I just think that's really cool. He's like royalty. He definitely, he's definitely a great person to learn from, you know I mean? That's and like I said, that's kind of on and off the bat. And, uh, I think his, uh, his enthusiasm for the sport, you know, is truly infectious to people, and uh, uh, definitely a lot of people there that uh, became great coaches themselves. And I'm sure that uh, spending time under him definitely helped that. And we had a lot of we had a lot of great coaches at Iowa as well as I was there. Excuse me, on the coaching staff in general, and and uh, you know the Hawkeye Wrestling Club uh, being there has always kind of allowed you to be around a lot of uh, other great competitors as well that weren't always even still in college. So that's always kind of a good thing as well. So yeah. Yeah, I've I've been able to I've been fortunate enough to do quite a few of these wrestling podcasts now, and and honestly, my favorite guests have always been uh, ex Hawkeyes guys that were under Gable, and I've had a few guys that knew John Smith pretty well too, and those are always awesome. But I've had a, a lot more Hawkeyes than than anything, and uh, so I really really appreciate you taking the time to do this, and uh, I hope it goes well for you in Alabama, and all this crap gets rectified soon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope you. Uh... See you do some comedy here at some point too, then, because uh, I wish we'd have known that uh, we were so close together when I was out there. Yeah, yeah, I used to work at the Long Beach Laugh Factory all the time. Really, I've even been there. I, I mean, I've been to all of the comedy shows, uh, you know, around uh, L.A. because we would get out and see him sometimes. But uh, just not, uh, uh, you know, I guess it's probably it's kind of like uh, 
I think it's pretty easy to kind of not know what all is going on there because it's such a big city and so much going on. And yeah, yeah, I uh, heard. I, I always would try to get out and see some of the anybody that has a wrestling kind of background. So cool. Yeah, Greg Bourne's a great comedian too. If you've ever seen Greg, have you ever seen uh, Greg? I, I do. I, I always like his hit him with your flute, Greg uh, uh, <laughs> spot. So yeah, yeah, he's great. Do you live near Birmingham at all? Uh, well, it's it's actually about four hours away from okay. me. Okay. All right, because I'm not sure. I've, I've only, I don't think I've ever. I think Alabama may be one of the few states I've never been to as far as for uh, comedy, or maybe I did a one nighter there. But I know the Star Dome is there, and I'd like to work there. But um, you get there, let me know, and uh, I'll tell you. As a state, Alabama is getting a little bit of wrestling going on down here, and cool. uh, it, it, they're they're kind of building a little bit. I don't know if you've got to see the. Uh, the there's actually a documentary called uh, Wrestle. I have not. And it's kind of about. Uh, it, Kids in Alabama, you look it up and take and watch it. It's pretty interesting. Okay. Uh, Alabama is not historically much of a wrestling state, but it's starting to do better right now. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why I think that it is is because all these football coaches are kind of touted how how good the re- kids are with a wrestling background, mm-hmm. and I think that made them notice a little bit down here because football is a religion in this state. And, yeah. Uh, I think now that they're starting to learn a little bit of wrestling to go along with it for that reason. So. Cool. That's great to hear. Um, yeah, I've always heard that football players or wrestlers make great football players. You know, some of them, some of them have had success without even playing football. They just go yeah, right yeah, into I know. it. Yeah, we got a number of them actually that done quite well. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to do this, buddy. Um, God bless you, and, and uh, hope everything goes well for you guys out there. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Talk and, again soon. And I will let you know when this is up and you can share it and all that stuff if you would. Sounds great. Appreciate it. Cool. Thanks, buddy. Have a Thanks. good day. You bet. See you later. Bye. All right, everybody. Chad's Zap- Chad Zapital. I always say his name wrong, damn it. Um, <laughs> I meant to ask him exactly how to say his name. That was really fun for me. Like I said, talking to uh, ex-Hawkeyes is always super cool. Um, what a nice guy. What a, uh, I love when these guys are... Uh, so forthright right with all that stuff and and uh it's really cool to hear um stories about iowa especially so i really appreciate him doing it and uh you guys as always go to making it happen.com m-a-c-a-n it happen.com help out little bo making and his family and subscribe to this youtube channel uh, i'm gonna have some solo podcasts coming out soon talking about some of the things going on right now in the country and i really appreciate you guys support so god bless all of you take care bye Do us both a favor and click on that subscribe button.